Incoming transmission. <sighs> Lovely. The Klingon word of the day is Bach. This is the Computer Resume podcast about Star Trek. If you like nerdy things, you're in the right place. And this is the show. Greetings and welcome to the Computer Resume podcast, the show covering the entire Star Trek franchise in chronological order for fans new and old. I'm your host, Mr. Todd A. Davis. Joining me today is a very good friend. We've known each other for many years. He's the co-host of the Cinema Shock podcast and the creator, producer, and host of This Is Pro Wrestling and co-creator of the dance move known as the conjoined twin, it's Mr. Gary Horn. The conjoined twin, huh? I don't Do even know where that? that, I'm trying to remember that. That was a thing, that, that's a thing from our past. Our good buddy John, who got married some years ago, we were on the dance floor, you were dancing, doing your thing, and for whatever reason, I came up and put my head on your stomach <laughs> and then i just started dancing and we danced like that for a long time oh, that does now that you're saying that that it, that is coming back to me that we, we danced like that long enough for someone to get a picture it is it is out there in the world somewhere it exists <laughs> i might have to put that up on the uh on the instagram or something <laughs> well photoshop it with some enterprise outfits yeah yeah some, there we go uniforms <laughs> will be a new special breed of alien. Yes. <laughs> we've been friends for a long time and you've mentioned a couple a couple times when we've talked about Star Trek. Your your background with Star Trek. You were raised you were raised on TOS, right? We're roughly we're roughly the same age. I'm how old am I? 37. <laughs> You're a little older than me, not much. Yeah, I'm just a bit older than you, but yeah, I was raised on the original series. And not that the original series was on at the time. I'm not that old, but <laughs> my mom grew up on Star Trek, of all people. And uh, she she loved the OG crew the nice. most. Now, she liked Next Gen, too, but uh, that was actually, like, on, you know, during my life. And yeah, so, yeah. And most people our age, I think, you hear the story, it's always... Picard is their captain and you know next gen is their crew and I get it I mean it makes sense and I and I love those guys I have no problem Picard is amazing I mean I think as far as characters they're right on par with each other you know like Picard is an amazing character and an amazing captain yeah I think if you were born like the early 80s that tends to be because I think next gen got started mid to late 80s so you know those kids were right you know prime for sitting down yeah. and watching Picard do his thing. It was their first time to jump in on it. I remember getting up for school, though, in the mornings, and there was some station that had TOS on. And uh, so, like, the OG crew was always on there. My mom always had it on. And uh, I just got really, really into watching Kirk and Spock and McCoy. And those those were my guys. And just even watching the movies, like, my mom loved the star trek movies so i saw all of those movies over and over and over again it took like six tries to get through the original movie because it's slow but a little slow (laughs) i still haven't revisited that one in forever but you know i always liked kirk i thought kirk was a lot of fun and i loved having the debates with people about kirk versus picard sure and truth be told i mean just to be honest with you is this is a no gatekeepers kind of show yeah I, i i don't care 
honestly. <laughs> like I don't like I like them both. Yeah. I also really love Cisco. And I think Janeway's cool. Yeah. And I, I like Absolutely. I think all of them are cool and they're great people or like great characters. And they should be because they're captains. You know, when when I've had the discussion with folks, I always clarify because everybody's like, Who's your captain? And I'm like, okay. Are you asking me who my favorite captain is or are you asking me who I think the best captain is? Because those are two different answers. It's so much fun and you're absolutely right. Just they're great characters. I've always really enjoyed it. I think I caught up with next gen in syndication. It was always just really cool. Like the look of the bridge and Picard was just kind of, you know, he has that voice and just no pun intended, like just commanded every room he walked into yeah, I, I'm crew. not a fan of the all beige bridge of the Enterprise <laughs> D, right. but um, but you know I get it, and and yeah, I mean it's familiar. I love a lot of things. I actually was a huge fan of Riker too, so I, I really liked Number One. I, I thought it was cool, like Worf and Data and stuff like that. So there was yeah. a lot to play with in the imagination. But something still to this day, man, I could throw on an original series episode anytime, and it feels like every. For me, it's short-lived. It's like three seasons, then technically a fourth if you get that animated series in there. And uh, there's something just, it's campy and fun and just the colors and the the way it looks. Like it just It's like a real feels of the 60s, man. Yeah, yeah. It's just a lot of fun. Granted, it's taking place way in the future. But yeah, from the production standpoint and even, you know, from the writing, like that's always something that I bring up whenever I'm talking to anybody about Star Trek is there's there seems to be this thought of like, oh, the original series is cheesy. I'm like, okay, hey, look, you know, they were on a shoestring budget at first, bad costumes, poorly constructed sets. Okay, I'll grant you that. But look at the writing. That writing is top notch. And we're concept go- of Star Trek. Yeah, not to cut you yeah. off, but I mean, just the, the whole entire concept of it. And you can say crappy sets, but don't tell me that that ship and that bridge is not responsible for most of sci-fi going forward ever since, oh, yeah. you know, which is why you're doing the show. I'm just saying, I mean, think about that too. Like they, they never had to change much about the bridge. The setup's pretty similar in all yeah. of these. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Uh, <laughs> well, you know, they kind of nailed it. Yeah, they really did. And it was so funny when I... I mean, because it's been maybe a year, maybe two years since I actually had the initial concept for this show. And I talked to you about it and you, you were, you were pretty hard with me of like, you're going to have me on that show. I'm going to be on that show with you a lot, maybe co-host. And then you got involved with all your projects. It's like, look, I still want to be on the show. (laughs) No, it's, it's, dude, I have to talk about, I love, I love the opportunity. There's not many people. My wife recently, just because of discovery has gotten super into Star Trek too. So like right now Mm. we're, we're watching the card tonight, literally after this, she wants to watch a Star Trek movie. So I think I'm going to start her with two uh, just so that, I don't think she's ready to delve into motion picture just because yeah. again, that's just like some heavier sci-fi mm-hmm. than she might be ready for. I think she likes a little more action in there. I actually recently rewatched two, three, and four over my birthday. For the listeners, my birthday is right around Christmas time. And so, you know, didn't really have a lot of birthday parties growing up. Once I became an adult, I always made it a point to have uh, all my friends over for a double feature and themed food for my birthday. You know, here in the pandemic, can't really have people over to the house, but damn it, I'm going to watch some movies. And it was kind of interesting because, and this is getting, you know, away from our subject matter today, but just to, just to kind of pop this in there, 
Wrath of Khan is actually really great to watch around your birthday because Kirk is having his birthday and it's right, kind of yeah. it's kind of a crisis of you know he's going through this little bit of identity crisis and uh he's struggling with you know not being a captain anymore and isn't that where McCoy gives him the glasses and <laughs> stuff like that yeah well, uh, yeah McCoy gives him the glasses and Spock gives him Tale of Two Cities that was feels... it was the best of times it was the worst of times yeah that feels yeah. that feels right yeah and, but uh, anyways as you get older Wrath of Khan becomes a really great movie to watch around your birthday because you're like man i'm with you there kirk i feel the same way <laughs> yeah thanks for having me todd because i i Ugh. yeah this is one of those things where if were i to have the time i would totally want to do this i'm jealous you're getting to do this so uh, i'm gonna be tagging along and i'm show. so happy to have you on our very first episode so without further ado let's get into the recap Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. 100 years after the events depicted in Star Trek First Contact, a maiden voyage. Request permission to get underway. An untested first crew. Since when do we have Vulcan science officers? The dangerous first step. This is a foolish mission. Prepare for the one-hour event that takes you to the very beginning of the Star Trek saga. We're losing power. Captain, there's someone here. Star Trek Enterprise. So we got a kid painting a model spaceship with his father, uh, who happens to be the designer of Earth's first Warp 5 engine. JD Power and Associates give it top marks and everything. So he's like, son, Vulcans are kind of mean, but that probably doesn't have any effect on the kid. 30 years later. For what it's worth, the kid's kind of a dick, too. The kid's kind of like... (laughs) Well, you'd be up there if it wasn't for old pointy ears or something like that. <laughs> so I have to give the father credit a li- little bit that he's just like, they they have their reasons. Just yeah. calm down, kid. So 30 years later, a Klingon named uh, Klang crash lands in Broken Bow, Oklahoma and kills two bad guys that look like when you dropped your Nickelodeon gack in the sandbox at school and were like, oh, crap. Then Klang gets shot by Old McDonald. Now Archer, captain of the Enterprise NX-01, is called to the carpet. The Vulcans are like, why don't you stay in the kitchen, sweetheart? Archer gets mad, but he talks to Doc and convinces Admiral to let Enterprise take Klang home. Archer gets Doc Flox, Hoshi the linguist, and T'Pol the Vulcan science officer to join the crew. So the final boss is talking to the scrambled porn channel and it tells him they gotta kill Clang. On Enterprise, Clang wakes up but nobody can understand him. Then Archer's like, Hoshi, what's his deal? Suddenly, the bad guys that look like Gak attack. One gets killed and Clang gets kidnapped. Doc Flox shows Archer the dead Gak's aftermarket parts. Archer's like, wow, he was fast and furious. Hoshi says that Clang told her that T'Pol's keeping things on the download. So on the bad Gak's ship, Clang gets interrogated by someone who speaks his language. Novel idea. Archer's like, field trip, but then they get captured by the bad gags. And then... Enterprise's first mission... We're going in. ...has turned into its very first battle for survival. I could have told you what day you were going to die. Now, the crew will be tested. All plating's offline. We're on to something. Loyalties will be broken. Turn this ship around now. And the ship will be left without its captain. I'm taking command of Enterprise. Star Trek Enterprise... 
Sneaky Gak tells Archer that she told Clang to tell the High Council that the Klingons being attacked by Gax, who are actually called Suliban, are getting orders from the future. Vin Diesel family Gax attack. Archer and the crew get away and T'Pol rigs it so Enterprise can track Suliban and they follow him to a gas giant. And so on. Final boss talks to Scrambled Porn again. So the Gax have like a Lego spaceship and Enterprise scans to find Clang. One of the Suliban attacks but Enterprise is like, girl bye. And the pilot's like, deuces. Archer and Tucker jump in the ship together but split up when they get on board the Lego. Tucker gets Clang back to Enterprise and Archer fights Final Boss. Then somebody on Enterprise is like, can't we just beam him out? And the rest of the crew is like, oh yeah. Enterprise drops off Clang on the Klingon homeworld. Then Archer makes like Thelma and Louise. Let's keep going. Except T'Pol's like, hmm, I'm gonna call home first, but let's do this. That is a hell of a recap there, Todd. Yeah, yeah. A- we get through it. Um, I will say this whole show could have been enhanced by the addition of actual Vin Diesel. Like if he were one of the bad oh gags, I could have. Right. Could have, yeah. I think Vin Diesel would make an incredible Klingon. You're probably right. How um, is Vin Diesel not in Star Trek somewhere? Yeah. That like is... the voice, the <laughs> stature, the build, like, come on. He would have been. He's awful. built for it. Like yeah. he, he deserves to be a character somewhere. They're gonna Let's have get to get all that Paramount. Yeah, come on. <laughs> Let's go, Paramount. So uh you're a big fan of this, but let me ask, did Jenny watch it with you? Did your wife Jenny watch it with you? She did not. She did not. Okay, because Kat watched this with me and she officially hates this series. <laughs> well, let me uh let me take a moment to address your wife. Yeah. Uh Kat. <laughs> Same. <laughs> I wanted to establish up front how much I hate or how much I love Star Trek, like right at the beginning, because I love, love, love Star Trek and I haven't seen this before. But no, screw this. Like, what, yeah. what is, what if, is there's, <laughs> if there's anybody out there, like, again, this is all in the spirit of fun and acceptance, but it's not a secret that the series is one of the least favorite series of the franchise. I enjoy it. I'm able to look past some things, but it's a little rough there's a there's a girl that works with my wife and part of the reason my wife didn't even get involved is because she's dipping her toes into star trek lore right now Mm, like she's mm -hmm. trying and so discovery is really her first series yeah like of star trek and so she's doing that now she's doing picard with me and she's aware of certain things like she knows who kirk and picard and spock and data and all of these people are like she's she knows who they are they're pop culture icons right right she knows what the enterprise looks like you know all of those things so she and she fell in love with like in discovery like captain pike and Mm. all of that stuff like so she's looking forward to that being a series and all of that stuff so i say all that to say that she has had me fill in gaps for her like when something comes up or you know like tell her a little bit about like when you know, I guess we wouldn't want to get too spoilerly, but where it would be beneficial for you to know timeline situation stuff, like where is this taking place now? Where is this taking place? So you explain like some of the time with like the original series, Next Generation, where's Deep Space Nine, where's Voyager, mm-hmm. you know, like those mm-hmm. kind of things. And so I'm rambling, but the girl that she works with is a huge Star Trek nerd. Like ah. her and her husband go to like the conventions. Oh, they do cool. All this stuff, but they're friends. And so 
this girl is giving her advice on Star Trek 2. And so apparently she told my wife that she hates Enterprise. <laughs> that she's like, no, that's my least favorite one. Like her favorite, I think her favorite captain is Cisco, and like Deep Space Nine is like her mm. favorite. But she she told my wife, she was like, she's like, there's nothing like maybe in the last season of Enterprise or something. Anyway, so I, I just kept her out of it and I watched the first one and she asked me the other day, she's like, What do you think? Should I have watched it? And I'm like, nah. <laughs> like you shouldn't have <laughs> like it's just uh cat was pretty much against it like maybe halfway into part one she was just like oh this is this is awful <laughs> well and i think she was not super down with the crew i think specifically archer and trips pretty sexist treatment of Tapal. That's a huge one for me too, Yeah, to be honest with you. There's a lot of stuff in this episode that just doesn't feel right. It doesn't, yeah. it doesn't, it, there, there's things obviously like you could go through any one of the Star Trek series and probably find like little things that culturally you wouldn't do now. Mm-hmm. But this is weirder because it is newer and it feels like in some ways it's even more backwards <laughs> than yeah. some of the other stuff. And, you know, I was talking about it with Kat like after we watched it and I said, you know, this should be a great series. And it is on paper. Like you get the birth of the Federation, you know, you got this. I, to be honest, I really dig the NX-01. It's, you know, super like cool rough design. and gritty. Yeah, it's a cool design. I kind of like that it's still very submarine-like, which if you look at Star Trek as a whole, it's a submarine drama. Like watch, you know, Hunt for Red October and movies and, you know, U-571. Like watch those movies. They feel very Star Trek. It's um, funny you say that too, because I mean, the Enterprise, you know, one of the cool things about the Enterprise that I still, you know, going back to what we were talking about with the original series, how innovative it is. It's like, think about that probably before that show, anything that flew through the air looked like a plane. Yeah, you know? yeah, it looked like, like a it plane. Just, so, the, so Star Trek was also innovative in the ideas like this is the ship and it looks like nothing else you've ever seen. Oh yeah. And it's it's kind of <laughs> funky. It's interesting to see this show to what you're talking about. Like, yeah, maybe it maybe some they, they were trying to build off of like where would the inspiration for design and stuff have come from to get to the next generation of these ships and stuff. Right. So it makes sense like maybe that it would be like submarine esque. Oh yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean one of the things the other, you know, the other aspect, and I mean, this is, you know, design and aesthetic, really, but I dig that their uniforms are like function over fashion. Like that's, yeah. you know, it's a jumpsuit. It's got zippers and pockets everywhere. Like if you look at, you know, stuff from, uh, you know, the space station and NASA and all that stuff, those folks are ready. They got pockets for everything everywhere. <laughs> Well, yeah, um, the, the thing to always remember with like Star Trek and a lot of people forget, I think, is that uh, as opposed to some other space type shows, like, these are all usually scientists and engineers and they're not like yeah. military personnel or anything right. like that. You know, it's, it's yeah. going it, to, it makes sense. Like these guys look like they're working for a living. They're mechanics. They got like the, you know, yeah, yeah. They're ready to sort of get you know get the get their hands dirty and you know have to go down you know on a you know on a mission or anything like that you know they're ready to jump into an ev suit the ev suits look they look legit it's it, that from that angle pretty cool now you're you're a big mu- music guy you studied musical theater in college or just music? I sure did yeah. yeah musical theater yeah uh so you're a big music guy what do you think 
of the theme? Well, I'm glad you asked, Todd, because that is probably a number one, at least the first thing that let me know right up top, you're not going to dig this that much. <laughs> because it was just like, why did they even, why were the lyrics this? They might as well have just gone with, we're going through a Star Trek. I'm doing Star Trek stuff in space. It's just like that butt rocky, whatever thing they're doing. I do not. I do not like it because here's the other thing. If I can interrupt for just a second, folks, you did just hear the brand new theme for this podcast. Just to let, <laughs> just to let everyone know. Right? We're going through a Star Trek. <laughs> We're doing Star Trek stuff in space. <laughs> we probably got some phasers and shuttle pods, and we're going to find a brand new race. <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, my God. Yes. <laughs> something like that. No, what an awful song. Like, I, yeah. you know, it, uh, props to, you know, good God bless you, whoever wrote it. The thing with Star Trek, again, is that what one of the appealing things I, I like about it is that you think of Star Trek feeling innovative. Mm. And it feels, you know, we just talked about all the OG stuff or the OG series stuff. There's all kinds of stuff in the, the next generation. I mean, like you, you look at cell phones, the evolution of cell phones. It's like it almost came from Star Trek. Like right. so much technology, 3D printing and all this mm-hmm. stuff is like stuff you look at. And you're like, oh, this is some Star Trek stuff right here. One of the things too that always works for Star Trek is the music is usually pretty orchestral that the theme almost feels timeless. Now, I get it. You can go back to the original series, and there is a very 60s vibe sure. to the yeah, OG. But that's almost like you accept it. It's the time that it was made, almost like if it was in the 80s, you got a little synth in there or something, you know? Right. But, but it's not dated like playing this song at the beginning of, yeah. you know, I, I got face of the heart. heart. Yeah. <laughs> and, <you're> like, <laughs> and, I hear, and I hear people out there right now, if you're talking to me about Beastie Boys being in the newer movies, but at least, at least then they refer to it as classic rock that exists in that time, you know, that they know of. And it's a pretty safe bet because those movies are made still like 30 years after that song came out or 20 years after that song came out yeah it's a pretty safe bet that that song sabotage will still be a pretty cool song a hundred years from now right right (laughs) it's weird to think well let me just you know chime in with my thoughts about the music i and i told cat this because from you know in terms of the opening the opening theme the opening credits visually i think it's great i think it totally works you're right the song just i don't know i think I'm struggling to remember if they, because it's been a while since I've watched Enterprise. I think at one point in the later seasons, I think they dropped the lyrics, which I think would help tremendously. Probably, Um, yeah. But you're right. With it being tied to a very specific point in time, I also wanted to bring up the fact that this show premiered like less than two weeks after 9-11. It's weird to think that was 20 years ago. Like, yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, it's wild. It's wild to think that. And it's wild to think that it's becoming sort of this weird snapshot of our country at that time where and I was wondering if maybe I don't know if you feel this way. I feel like because I mentioned it a few minutes ago, cat having an issue and it stuck out like a sore thumb to me this time. Archer and Tripp's treatment of T'Pol. I wonder if some of the 
thoughts and feelings and emotion and like that amped up masculinity of like we just got attacked i'm gonna go kill those bad guys you know i wonder if some of that bled over into star trek instead of star trek being something we aspire to it it actually it actually became a reflection of us at that time that's the exact opposite message you should be getting. Yeah. Star Trek's supposed to be the best of us, like what we could be, like you said, like to aspire to. And, and I don't know. I mean, like Kirk is as sexed up as anybody in the Star Trek universe. And, sure. you know, I don't know how many people you'll get listening to this, that Enterprise is their first dipping their toes into Maybe. Uh, Star Trek. <laughs> so it may, I mean, it may be. And uh, so I'm going to say, I mean, a lot of this can sound hypocritical, Kirk be making out with some alien chicks. I mean, he's, <laughs> yeah. he's kind of known for it. But he's also, I don't know, like there's, there's, there's something different. It feels like your wife is not wrong, that there is a different way that these guys treat her. And I was actually put, I, this is going to make me sound like a complete prudent. Believe me, I'm not. But it's weird for Star Trek, like that in the scene where our trip and to Paul are in the decon chamber yes yeah and that scene and there is just like this sexed up like rubbed down like focus in on body parts yeah i was watching that and i'm like dude this is not right like this is not what any of this is about and i remember i remember by the way when star trek in the darkness came out i want to say it was in the Mm. darkness i think so and there was the scene where kirk kind of spies on the girl changing and she's like in her bra and underwear at one point right uh, right on on the ship and people got bit out of shape about that one too like Mm -hmm. at at the time i was like yeah i can kind of see it but you know whatever this is like so much more than that and like that girl was just changing she's like could you turn around please but people were like hey man like this is Star Trek. Like this is not like so we give so to- we give each other almost nude rubdowns. <laughs> this is <laughs> what we do. Like because yeah, well, it's not even so much them. Like they, for the most part, you know, they get some awkward close moments. But it's not that they're being overly sexual in that scene. It's the camera yeah. work in that scene. It's like focusing right. in on her tummy. Like let's see those that belly button and let let's get yeah. let's get the, that waistline and sure. like it's just and let's see his abs and like it's just like it's trying to get you all like horny for Star Trek and you're like this is not how this works like Star yeah. Trek's never the horny thing yeah <laughs> yeah I mean I have a feeling that you probably feel the same way or you felt the same way that I did as a young man growing up about Deanna Troy um, oh yeah. Yeah, you know, and I'm I'm sure we're not the only two guys in the world who have those thoughts and feelings and urges at a, at a young age, but that's not what we were there for. No, that was because we were young dudes. It wasn't because Deanna yeah. Troy was walking around being like, I'm a sexy lady. Right. Not that anybody should do that because I right. shouldn't turn anybody on, but it will. It was- guys are easy. but you know we were you know it's it was the idea of space and exploration and the science was so cool and this does feel very out of character for star trek i feel like you know they obviously knocked it out of the park with next gen deep space nine and voyager i feel like were really really good but not next gen and then after that it felt like the studio was just kind of worried about the series ending so they were like hey 
give us another one. You're, you're green light to series. Like this is not usually how a series happens. Like there's usually a pilot and then there's maybe a month between that next episode to like, Hey, are, are we sure, you know, okay, let's go into production. But it seems like they were pretty much, Oh, it's Star Trek. You're good. Go ahead. You know, whatever. And it seems it like, like okay, oh, all right. So what do we want in a Star Trek series? You know, uh, let's make it a, about the birth of everything. And maybe, maybe stuff is grittier and it's not as friendly. And like how maybe it's showing that progression to what we aspire to. So like, I mean, they talk a lot in the original series and next gen about like earth was a really it was a dump you know we're still recovering from world war three and you know and all that stuff so there's still a lot of hostility and stuff so we're not the super enlightened people that that are portrayed in the original series and next gen like we still got a long way to go so i kind of wonder about because now i look at discovery and discovery is so is such an open and welcoming and accepting not only story but production it seems like discovery is going to be out of place being placed between enterprise and the original series is that making sense do you see what oh, i'm saying yeah it, it absolutely makes sense and, and and you may be onto something with what they were thinking because you know hindsight looking back is like we said like right after 9-11 especially you'd think you know this is a perfect time to show humanity coming together and like their first advancement into space and warping around the universe but right but instead it does feel like like you said maybe somebody was just like give us a star trek show and they, they just base it on it's really dated it's the problem. To me, yeah. it feels the most dated, oddly, of any of the stuff. Yeah. Even the thing from the 60s. It's, right. It, it actually feels more dated. Yeah, um, it just feels like it goes with that butt rock soundtrack opening and going into this, it feels like it belongs like right alongside Zeta Warrior Princess and Hercules or like Walker, right. Texas Ranger. Like another one of these like shows you hope makes it into syndication and just like you just make some extra money off of later. It, it didn't. I don't know the creators, so I can't speak for them. And who knows what the process was, you know, and what they went through. It's just, there's stuff in it that, especially, honestly, coming off of Discovery, which is the most recent thing I watched, or watching the world that's set up in a show like Picard, and you just, in the memories you have of what makes Star Trek special to you, this is a pretty jarring difference from a lot of that stuff. And there's, there's obviously, there's thought, right? Like, um, at the beginning, I think the officers that he's talking to, that Archer is talking to, <laughs> are like Littered and William Admiral Forrest. Mm-hmm. So it was like, obviously, it's like William Shatner, Littered Nimoy, Forrest Kelly. Sure. Like they're, they're playing with that. Right. Uh, so they want to give you a call back there. There's stuff that they seem to want to hint at later. And there's fun stuff too, right? Like there's fun concepts of like, Beaming. I wouldn't, I get the mistrust of beaming. I would not beam right now. I would not transport right now, mm. even because it's creepy and it's weird yeah. and <laughs> I, it's uncomfortable. I'm still, uh, I'm still anti 3D TV. So <laughs> unless, I was, unless you can, unless you can convince me that Picard's standing in my living room, nah, I'll save my money. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's just, oh man, we could do a whole show on just, transporting but it's just like mm. what how do you break down somebody's everything oh and yeah rebuild them later like what is consciousness 
right. your soul. Oh. Like, how does that just get, is it a clone of the person that gets sit there? Right. Like, what, what exactly is happening? Like, but anyway. you're turning the you're turning it into energy and then literally transmitting it somewhere else. Like, what about the energy that makes up your personality? Like, does that go through too? Like, That's what I'm saying. Yeah, like, what yeah. is consciousness Right. In general, like, oh. how is that the same person? <laughs> it's like, I don't know. It's a, it's a weird concept. The whole thing, maybe when people dig up this episode 300 years in the future, they'll be like, these freaking morons. I think, but, uh, I think one of the things that we're giving Enterprise a lot of, uh, a lot of grief here for a lot of We things. talked about some of the design being cool. We're not Yeah, but we did talk about hell. some of the design being cool. I'm going to give you who I think is the bright spot of this two-part beginning of this franchise. Travis Mayweather is, is the bright spot of this, of this whole thing. Really? That's a uh, trip? No, that's the uh, the pilot, the boomer. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah, I could see I, him being there. Sorry, yeah, I should have paid attention. I really like. Mine would be. Gosh, I would say Hoshi. Like I, I thought uh, that she was the best. Like I, I just she seemed like a genuinely Star Trek character. Like a very just cares about learning and education. I think she's kind of cool. Like she's got a cool story. Like she's a universal translator before there's a universal translator. You know? She's kind of building the universal translator. Like she's, exactly. Yeah. Like there's there's because they're cool like, hey, we her. have this universal translator. It's like, oh, there's a Klingon. So this is worthless. <laughs> yeah, I, I like her as a character. I could see what you're saying. I mean, Archer's not bad. I mean, he's he's okay. I like that he he apparently has some some morals. I, don't don't even get me started on the Vulcans. I don't know why they're so salty. Like yeah from the beginning they're very right off the bat yeah they're just kind of dicks but, <laughs> um, but archer at least you know he doesn't want to kill the klingon he doesn't want to pull the plug as he says he right. wants to get it back home and uh there's there's redeeming qualities uh the thing i was going to say real quick uh earlier oh, yeah. was just uh ensign mayweather he he's saying when they're talking about the transporters and i think he's telling trip captain archer wouldn't even put his dog through this thing Ah. Captain Archer, I was reading about this, apparently has a, a beagle named uh, Porthos. Yep. It, and, uh, <laughs> so in the Star Trek J.J. Abrams movie, mm-hmm. Scotty is abandoned on a planet, and he says part of the reason for his punishment is uh, attempting to prove a transporter theory correct by transporting Admiral Archer's dog, and it never rematerialized. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so, because that is an interesting part about this by the way another thing sorry i'm, I'm all over the place but no, no go ahead man based on those like if you look at the whole star trek mythos this would be potentially the only series that is both in the newer movies and the original timeline this would all be set in the new jj abrams verse the kelvin verse the kelvin timeline uh, yeah 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 they would still have also had this history so mm-hmm. uh just kind of interesting there. I think that's really fascinating because I, you know, in looking at it from fans perspective and I'm doing this show and structuring it hopefully so that fans new and old can enjoy this for themselves and hopefully their families, their friends, their kids. So in looking at that, I think Enterprise is actually a decent place to start because it does get better from here, folks. <laughs> if you sat and if you're ready, look, there's a lot of things you could binge. And a lot of people are going to tell you, hey, binge this, it's great. Hey, binge this, it's great. And that's all well and good. Binge this. It's not great. 
but it leads to some really great stuff. It really sets the stage for a lot of really fun, exciting, awesome stuff. And I feel like you could watch Enterprise and then based on your personal preferences, you could go right to Discovery. You could go right to the original series. You could go right to the Kelvin timeline and get a fairly seamless transition. It is interesting. Yeah, I mean, they do, they're obviously trying to give you the backstory on a lot of different features of the Mm. Star Trek universe that we Mm -hmm. take for granted just knowing now. It's going to be interesting if you are a new person and you're listening to this and Enterprise is the first thing you watched. I think it is going to be a little tougher just because it's dated, but this is a admirable adventure to go on like just to try to walk through this chronologically and i think you know sorry we jump around because we know what's coming and we know a bunch of stuff that happens 300 years from this point in the show but the i don't know i think you could get a good history here i mean i do like that they called back to cochran and the Mm -hmm. warp drive and like Mm -hmm. showed a progression and maybe it is humanity still a little rough around the edges and trying to get to where it's going it's going to be jarring if you're watching probably just for like you said to go to discovery than the original series like just even with effects yeah the way the story's told and effects and stuff it's going to be weird but it's going to be interesting it's going to be fun to see like how it feels i'm excited about that part just to see how it feels cohesively as a story as it's going oh Um, yeah I think that's the exciting part. But yeah, I, I think it's going to be a neat adventure to go on with these. I had somewhere I was going with that. Sorry, I trailed off because <laughs> I was like, I had a point for the reason I said that. And I this, completely lost my thought. This is what <laughs> we call the Trekker effect. Basically, we get so wrapped up in our nerdy fandom and we're having such a good time that we just kind of lose sight of where we are. And that's okay because we'll come back. I've got notes. I'll course correct us. I will say this, though. I don't know when the last time you watched the original series is, but I watched them when they were on Netflix last, but now they're all on CBS. So I'm assuming they're using, or that CBS is using the same ones that the original series did. And they remastered and redid the Mm -hmm. effects a Mm -hmm. lot in the original series. And I found it fascinating. Like, I I don't know if anybody was upset like Lucas stuff with like Star Wars where people got pissed. when they changed anything but old school star trek stuff was like you could see the strings but like in the remastered stuff they did like it's really cool they kept the design like it still feels 60 when you're seeing 60s when you're seeing stuff with the ship but somehow they made it legit like it's it looks good they didn't replace any phasers with uh, walkie talkies or anything like that it's yeah they kept it looking pretty sharp and i mean to go in and remaster the footage it cleans it up and makes it look like they shot it yesterday. And then to just go and say, hey, look, these are the effects. How do we just clean it up? Just make it look, you know, a little sharper, a little crisp. Yeah, we're not redesigning the Yeah, we're ship. not redesigning we're anything. Good. And I think, yeah. you know, clearly that, that was the end goal was to just take this thing and just polish it up a little bit. And boy, it looks It great. looks good. It looks really it, fantastic. Uh, the last time I watched Next Generation was uh, right before they did that with them, I think. Because mm. I, I think they did the same thing there, and if I'm not mistaken. But anyway, to go back to this episode, sorry to drag it out forever. I told you, you get me started talking about Star <laughs> Trek. I'll talk forever. Yeah, I'm, I'm with your wife, Todd. Uh, there are some aspects of this. I'm going to keep watching because... I want to come back on the show later and know what I'm talking about. And I want to see Enterprise because it's the one 
Star Trek series I've never seen uh-huh. before. And so I'm interested. I'm going to watch it. I'm going to get through it. And, and I hope that it does get better. Maybe, you know, shows are like this sometimes. Maybe the people grow on you. Maybe all well, of that happens. Here's a couple of interesting little factoids. Uh, you know, I'm going to keep track of stats as we uh, work our way through this, whole, through this whole franchise. So here's a couple of interesting things. The Hollywood Reporter rate, rated broken bow is the 80th best episode of star trek so uh you know you can probably go find that uh that article and check out what else made that list empire ranked this as the 37th best episode out of the top 50 episodes ign ranked this the 21st best episode of Star Trek up till that time, I guess that was in 2016. GameSpot ranked this as the fourth best pilot episode of Star Trek. Uh, Sci-Fi ranked it as the third best out of the six Star Trek TV show pilots. And Wired did a binge-watching guide in 2015 uh, that said when the NX-01 leaves Space Dock for the first time, it's one of the best. It is the best moment of the whole series, which is great. But considering that 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 it's essentially all downhill from there, <laughs> you know, there's definitely two sides to that coin. Um, but it should be noted that this episode won an Emmy for outstanding special visual effects and was nominated for editing and makeup, not writing, directing, or acting. But there, <laughs> it's got a, it's got an Emmy. <laughs> well, I think that if you have to go back and start ranking episodes, like this one has to be on there somewhere, just because this is historical. Uh, and uh, I don't know how to say the word like canon wise, like can- mm-hmm. canonically <laughs> was yeah. the word there. Wow. I was really going to try to step in and like <laughs> handle that word. Nah, not today. I'm saying historically for the Star Trek universe, this would be a pretty important episode. Mm. You get yeah, to absolutely. see some you know, some stuff that you've wondered about probably and mm-hmm. uh, that would matter. Like what's the first time the Enterprise ever launched out, sure. you know, into space and that sort of thing. The first interaction between humans and the Klingons and what was the relationship like with the Vulcans at the time? Because the earliest before this you could have seen comes in the movie series much later. Right. But it just... Uh, so it's kind of interesting to see these relationships, like kind of where humanity was at this point and timeline wise we're talking a hundred years before the next thing right Mm -hmm. like in star trek so yeah i think uh, i think there's a reference in discovery that 100 years before is when jonathan archer and his crew were doing their thing so yeah yeah 100 years from now and that's the crazy part about star trek like that i think some people don't realize unless you're a huge fan i mean if you're nerds like most of us are that yeah like there's these huge leaps in time mm-hmm. like just imagine you i don't know the, the, the closest thing i can think of would be like bill and ted because i was just sitting here <laughs> thinking of like you know you got to complete a mission and so like there's a movie later on where kirk and picard team up and you're like oh obviously but not obviously for them that's like you've got to complete something and somebody's like here's Abraham Lincoln. <laughs> He's going to help you out. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's actually, uh, that, yeah, that's actually a really, good, a really good example. Well, I'm glad you've had so much fun with this and we've talked about the movies so far to a certain extent. Our special guest next week is actually a co-host with Gary on the Cinema Shock podcast, Mr. Justin Bishop. He will be coming on to discuss 
season one, episode three of Enterprise, Fight or Flight. That's what we're going to be covering. Uh, Gary, I think it's safe to say you had a fun time on the show. I had a and, fun time. And you're going I, to have fun time. I have a fun time with Star Trek, no matter what. <laughs> uh, just briefly before we get going, tell the audience what I mentioned, you know, what your uh, some projects that you're involved in. Uh, give them the give them the rundown. Tell them about Cinema Shock. Tell them about this is pro wrestling. Yeah, uh, you can find me and links to everything basically just through at this is Gary Horn. Uh, that's Horn with an E. The E is silent until midnight. That's a, <laughs> hey, my yeah. dad joke that I just used right here live on national podcast. <laughs> it's worldwide. What am I talking about? Anyway, yeah. Anyway, yeah. Uh, so there, but also the shows are Cinema Shock, which you're going to meet Justin next week. He hangs out with Todd and I when we do that show. That's at cinema underscore shock or cinemashock.net. You can also find my wrestling show. It's at This Is Pro Wrestling. It's at TIPW Show. And uh, in case you're wondering, no, it's not weird that I'm a huge fan of Star Trek and wrestling. There are plenty of crossovers. In fact, this episode, Clegg, played by Tom Tiny Lister, yeah. who uh, has wrestled against Hulk Hogan previously in WWF. Uh, so he was known as Zeus in uh, wrestling. Also, I mean, just look around. Like, lots of wrestlers are fans of Star Trek. Cody Rhodes recently appeared on a pay-per-view dressed in his next-generation gear. Yeah. Had, uh, had, had all of that. Uh, his wife was dressed as Seven, wasn't she? Yeah, I believe so. And, oh, uh, yeah. yeah, that's right. That, so they had all of the Star Trek stuff going on there. Tony Khan, who's the owner of one of the wrestling promotions, uh, AEW, he was recently at an event and was taking notes in a notebook that was a captain's log notebook. Oh, nice. (laughs) I've got one of those. Yeah. So uh, there is plenty of crossover with Star Trek and wrestling. Dwayne The Rock Johnson, for God's sake, shows up in a Deep Space Nine episode, I think. Yeah, he does. uh, (laughs) uh, Wrestlers love nerdy stuff, too. (laughs) Thank you so much, Gary, uh, for coming on. I am at Mr. Todd A. Davis on all the socials and from all of us at the Computer Resume podcast. Thanks for listening. I'll see you in 10 Ford. Feel free to send us your subspace transmissions to computerresumepodcast at gmail.com or at Computer Resume on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. The Computer Resume podcast was created and produced by Mr. Todd A. Davis. Our logo was done by Will Martin at heyitswill.seo on Instagram. And I'm Kat Davis at that.darn.cat with a K on Instagram. The Computer Resume podcast is part of the Slice of Fried Gold Network. Hashtag LLAP. We'll see you next time. This is the end of the show. You've been listening to the Computer Resume Podcast. We'll be back next week to talk about more Star Trek stuff for you. So download Computer Resume Podcast. We'll be back next week. We love you. How's that for a slice of fried gold? Engage. (laughs) Sorry, I had to do that. I don't know.